0: What's up, what's up, what's up? It's your boy Carmine Davis. Welcome back to the Carmine Davis show. How you feeling? I'm good. I'm good, I guess. Let's jump right up into the bullshit. Before we do that, make sure you follow, subscribe, and like the show. Um, I'm feeling the love this week. We got last month's numbers. We're up there. We're up there. But let's get up, up, up. I want to chart. I'm very competitive. I want to at least chart. I know they, I know they make it hard on indie um, productions to chart on Spotify, but I believe in it. I think we'll chart in a year. We'll chart. I just want to chart. Top 200, period. So if you can do that like subscribe rate share the show let's go up 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 all right let's crack right into it it's a lot going on actually like like a lot going on now like usually I try to stay away from like the celebrity gossip gossip stuff on this show but this is something that I think I'm completely blown away from about by I'm not completely shocked um Again, this story, um, as usual, more than often, this is coming from lovebiscott.com. Shout out to Be Scott. Um, and we're talking about Nick Cannon. And if you haven't heard, Nick Cannon has been blackballed from Viacom CBS after his podcast episode. Now, just a little backstory. If you didn't know, if you're living under a rock about what was going on, um, CBS has decided to end its decade-long relationship with Nick Cannon after he conspiracy theories on his podcast. While we support Nick's ongoing education and dialogue in the fight against bigotry, we are deeply troubled that Nick has failed to acknowledge or apologize for perpetrating anti-Semitism, and we are terminating our relationship with him, the company said in a statement. We are committed to doing better in our response to incidents of anti-semiticism, racism, and bigotry. Viacom, CBS will further will have further announcements on our effort to combat hate of all kinds. Um, this happened June the 30th, an episode of his podcast called "Cannon's Class." Um, he interviewed a professor Griff. A rapper who had been part of the group Public Enemy until he was fired in 1989 for saying that Jews are responsible for the majority of the wickedness in the world. Ooh, that's a strong, strong statement. Um, in an interview, Cannon praised Griff and the anti Semitic nation of Islam, Louis Farrakhan, and promoted conspiracy theories about the Rothschild banking family and claims that people of African descent are the quote unquote true Jews. He said, you can't be anti-Semitic when we are the Semitic people, he said. Whew. okay. Well, that happened June the 30th. And after a video of the interview started to attract criticism, Cannon, sh- Cannon published um, a defensive tweet claiming that he had no hate in his heart or malice to- or intentions behind it, but did not apologize for offending Jewish people. Whew. Okay, well... They have cut his ass off, which I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. Um, but he has blast back. Nick Cannon Blast Viacom CBS demands full ownerships of Wildin' Out following Termination. Now, a little backstory, which I had already known, but I don't know if y'all know this, but he was the creator of Wildin' Out. But of course, he doesn't own it. Viacom owns it or MTV owns it, but the MTV if you don't know, okay, maybe I should give a little backstory. I always try to talk to y'all like y'all are my homies, and um, but you know, just little little knowledge about the industry. Viacom CBS is an American diversified multinational mass media conglomerate formed through the merger of CBS Corporation and the second incarnation of Viacom in 2019, which was split from the original incarnation of Viacom in 2005. Um. The company's main assets include um, Paramount Pictures, film and television studio, the CBS Entertainment Group, uh, CBS, all the shows that are on CBS, all of the networks, and all of the flanker um, networks, MTV, Nickelodeon, BT, Comedy Central, and Showtime, Pluto TV, um, and also uh, Simon and Schuster Books Publishing. Um, so all of those are under Viacom CBS. So literally, almost, and under MTV, there are so many different networks underneath it, and so on and so on. Under Nickelodeon, under BT. So you, when we say he is blackballed and he, they have he got fired, Nick was in a place where he was actually a partner of Viacom. That's a big deal especially for an African-American man. He wasn't just a part of MTV. He wasn't just a part of Nickelodeon, Paramount Pictures. People have those deals. He had a deal with Viacom. So he had access to all of these different avenues, all these different networks. They were partnering with him. So that's a big deal. I make jokes all the time about how he's Mr. Mariah Can- Cannon. Um, we all do, but that's the big deal. That's a powerful, powerful move. And because of his comments on this podcast, they... they Sucked it all away. Okay, so let's go back to what we what happened today. He has decided to blast back, and he wants the ownership of Wild and Out. He wants to at least take what he, um, the, I guess considering his magnum op, magna opus, or however you say it, um, of that show, I mean of that network, what he brought to the network. He says he's deeply saddened. The company misused an important moment for us all to grow together um, and learn more about one another and claims it's trying to make an example of an outspoken black man, which I kind of agree. I kind of agree. Nick continues to say, I honestly can't believe that Viacom has such poor counsel that would allow them to make such a divisive decision in the midst of protests and civil uprising within our current pandemic. Truly an unwise decision. He did offer a semi apology, but also demands full ownership of my billion dollar wild and out brand that I created, and they will continue to misuse and destroy without my leadership. I demand that the hate and backdoor bullying cease, and while we are at it, now that the truth is out, I demand the apology. All right. The reason why I chose the story is because it kind of is something that. um, I I deem really close Ownership, I think black people and ownership um, That's where partnerships And are a little weird From the, the Ever since the entertainment industry There has always been No matter how big we were as, as puppets, how more important We've been kind of treated like a puppet show We started as little Little, you know Small puppets and we became such huge Deals that The deals got bigger. But in reality, we are not the puppet masters. A lot of people aren't, not just black people, but there are no, virtually no black puppet masters. Like I said, BET, it's not owned by, it's not owned from, it's not owned by us. And you kind of can't, they make it, all those names, you can't really do anything without some kind of partnership, some kind of inking, of a deal with some kind of blood for blood uh, relation with Viacom CBS. You just can't, <laughs> you know what I mean? There are other options, but to really blow the way you really want to blow, you really have to get in these, these tables with these people and make these deals. I think Nick's deal probably was one of the best deals that I've ever had. But when things go wrong, you don't realize that they take everything from me. He's not going to get well on out back. He's not. It's not going to happen. If he does, I hope he does. I pray to God that he does, but he doesn't. I think ownership is so important and making sure that you own what you do. This podcast I own, no matter how big it blows or the success that it does. I've always want my music. I want to own it. I want to do it myself. It doesn't I'd like to be in those seats with Viacom, CBS. And I've been in situations with deals and music. 10 years ago, I was in um, a lot of great positions with my the management team that I had back then. But it was weird. It was almost as if um, you can have all this if you give away everything. And, you know, I, I wasn't poor growing up. I wasn't. Hurting. I just think that I. I wanted. I see the value in what I bring, and I see the value in what Nick Cannon brings, and I see the value. If you're a black creator, if you're a black, uh, um, uh, creative, you have value. You could make a hundred million, but somebody above you made a billion off of your deal. Yeah, they made it and brought it to to exposure, but it's which is awesome. Thank you. You know, thank you so much for bringing my idea to a larger platform. Uh, Sorry, I got to hang now. I'm sorry. Thank you for bringing my product to a larger platform. But when you get mad at me and I don't, I don't go with what you're saying. You're so quick to throw the rug from underneath me. There are so many people in the Viacom, CBS family who have said some horrible things. But in this movement, it's like a double, they're making this BLM, um, Black Lives Matter movement and this this is a chance to be a double-edged sword all of the blood that was shed in those offices, those tears and those people of people, people who've been in those offices for decades, some of them shit, like 20, 30 years have been fired for their comments. They want blood. Eye for an eye in that office. And then, and, and that, so they weren't going to let Nick Cannon make it, especially about a body of people who were frequent, who frequent those offices I would like I would love to Like how he does Like we always do I would love for Nick to make this a lemonade situation If he did get wild out I would love to see I would love I would love I just keep thinking uh, Rumble Black Man Rumble in my mind Like I would love for that I would love for him to acquire it I'm sure there's a price Maybe he can get a loan from Mariah no, I'm. <laughs> he got it. He got it. He got. He good for it. He good for it. I would love for him to purchase it back. It's probably going to be some high ass price. If he never even asked for it, maybe out loud and made such a public cry for it, there probably would have been more of a negotiation about it. But while and out, it's it's a fixture on MTV. It's a fixture on BET. It's a, it's a fixture sometimes on VH1. So they're not going to let that go. I don't know. This is very interesting. But I could see this happening. It won't be the last. Oh, child, imagine. Imagine not being able to say what you want to say. I might not have millions and billions of listeners, but the thousands that listen and tune in, or the hundreds that tune in and listen, whatever. I appreciate you. You're listening and this is my brain, child. I won't I don't I don't even have a, a, a middle person. Like I don't have an anchor or anything like that because I just think all of those things are weird. I'm very Prince about it. I grew up listening to Prince. He's my biggest. He's the reason why I picked up. I went to college for music industry. He's the reason why I picked up a guitar. I picked up a piano. I went to um, vocal training. He's the reason why I take music so serious and the reason why I take what I do so seriously because... He said, "Is the slave and master mentality in these offices?" And I, I guess people think he's lying, but I I, I get the allure, uh, Nick Cannon. That's a lot of money, and it's all fun until it's not. But what if? I I, I think that's funny. I I thought about we're going on to the next subject, the next segment, and as you all know. The first segment is always Hot Topics, but the second one is my favorite, The Artist Spotlight. And I haven't done anything like this in a while. And it's funny, I had already picked it out last week before this whole Nick Cannon thing happened. But I have been thinking about these two particular artists. I remember I did um, a show, It's probably my first show, maybe my, my maybe my second. I think the first one was Poetry Justice. The second one was um, You Learn with where I compared Alanis Morissette's Jagged Little Pill to um, um, uh, Scissor's Control. People liked it, they thought it was really interesting. So I wanna do something similar um, with Nick Cannon's ex-wife, Mariah Carey, and Mary J. Blatch. And from on the surface, they seem like they're so different, but I say these artists have so many similarities that it's insane and let me take you through them so if you you know about marriage Blige, you know about Mary um, Mariah Carey but you don't know a lot of their similarities and how much they actually admire and respect each other now I heard I'm testing something out if this episode disappears this test did not go according to plan but I heard that I can actually use interview audio i just can't use music public um i can't use royalty based music but i can use interview clips. so i want to show you this short clip about Mary j blige and mariah carey giving each other love and this that and the third so check it out what is one of your favorite excuse me favorite albums of all time <clears throat> from a woman Favorite album yeah, of all time from a woman? <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk. I'm gonna say Mary J. Blige's first record oh, because okay. I'm, a, I'm a Mary fan and that's going back. Her, that's going back to her first record yeah. and a lot of her records, but yeah. I'm just gonna go with that one since you asked me for like, you know. Does she inspire you in a way too. She, I think she inspires all of us. she, yeah. she's, she, she does her thing. I appreciate this award and Mariah. I'm so happy for you because I love you. Thank you. hope we can use that but I wanted to show references like a quick snippet of them showing love but they're throughout their careers they have given each other nothing but love but Mariah has gone out and said multiple times how Mary J. Blige is an inspiration to her and once you get back and once you put this in your mind you'll never listen to Mary J. Blige's music or Mariah Carey's without thinking of one of the other so I first realized that Mariah had kind of... Because Mariah is that girl. Like Mariah Carey. I can go on and on about Mariah Carey. I think Mariah Carey is one of the ones... People complain about how she throws shades. But I feel like nobody gives more love to other artists. And show much respect um, to each other than... To another artist than Mariah. Period. Nobody does. Nobody does. in the genre... Let's take it back to the genre that Mary J. Blige actually defined a genre of hip hop, R and B pop before I think the the torch, I think it was Michele. Michele was the first female R and B female to sing gospel tinged vocals on a hip hop beat. But the person who made it pop pop was Mary J. Blige. We can't, that's, No arguing there. Aretha Franklin was the queen of soul, but making it pop, hip hop, Mary J. Blige, which is something that later on Mariah Carey referenced and used and took it to another level. Now you can't, we're not talking about to all the stands out there before you guys start buzzing. We're not talking about vocal. We're not. We're not talking about that. We're not talking about that. We are talking about genre, sound, um, themes, even choices of producers, songwriters, all of those things. There is obvious a Mary J. Blige um, influence in Mariah Carey's career. Now, I remember when I, I was like... I couldn't have been maybe eight or 12 or something when I read this interview, but Mariah did an interview with, I believe don't directly quote me. Cause I have the direct quote and in the insert excerpt, excer- but I don't remember the magazine. I want to say it was vibe magazine where Corey Rooney was talking about um, his love. It was Corey Rooney, actually his direct quote about a night he was having with M- Mariah and they were, I'll read it. Okay, so Corey Rooney says, One night we went to dinner at Sylvia's in Harlem. Me, Tommy Matola, and Mariah. On our way back, we were riding in the limo, and every club, every car was bumping fantasy. Mariah put her sunglasses on, and tears came down her cheeks because she couldn't believe her record was getting played all the way through the hood. That was the beginning of her not turning back to pop. She once told me, though she was grateful for her success, she would trade all all her record sales in to get the respect that Mary J. Blige got. She said, Mary doesn't have to sell 28 million records to get respected. People respect Mary, and I just want to be respected like her. It was in Billboard. This, This excerpt came from Billboard magazine. She wanted the street cred. She wanted the... Appeal, she wanted the be- the believability The fact that she chose to do R&B and hip-hop music She had to make these songs pop She had to make them huge She had to maybe pull back a little bit She had to really, really give it her all When Mary J. Blige get on a track and sing hooks And people, it was no question about They're from the same place They have similar backgrounds They have similar love for music And similar talent as far as delivering a song and changing people's lives. But Mariah, although she, it seemed like what was her advantage became her disadvantage because her voice was so perfect and prima power. She had to fight to get the same respect. But in reality, that was her. There's so many pictures of Mariah Carey in the hood. <laughs> People who know Mariah Carey, she got goons out here. Like Mariah Carey is that girl but she had to earn her strikes where Mary J Blige was given to her. She was the creator of the sound. It was hers. It was, it was her theme. This was her style, style. And once you from fantasy on, their similarities were so apparent to me. You could take it from, I think when you, one, I feel like people have to have a little bit more respect for Mary J Blige and her career, and her artistry, period. We can talk about, I see people throw shade, and I've thrown shade at Mary G. Blige's, I'm not gonna lie, about Mary G. Blige's vocal mishaps. No different than Mariah Carey's vocal mishaps. There was a time time when they were running Mariah Carey down out here in these streets. But the difference was, I, I looked at them the same. These were two women singing from their heart. Despite of whether they had a head cold or they were going through something vocally, I'm a singer as well. Your voice is not always hundred percent. It's just not, but your intent is. These are two women that every time they open their mouth, they are here to heal. They are here to unbreak, <laughs> to break these chains in people's lives. Their music is the soundtrack for a struggle they are getting people, these kids out of the hood, women on their own are working their ass off to feed their children to this. And, and Mary J. Blige and Mariah Carey are the soundtracks of their lives. There are boys who, taught to, who were taught to love themselves because of Mary J. Blige and Mariah Carey. I'm one of them. he is they are still the only ones out here still <laughs> singing hip-hop hooks Mary J. Blige is still singing hooks you you throw Mary a, a bag she gonna sing on your hook Mary never got too big and that kind of it's Mary J. Blige she is a stamp of approval if Mary J. Blige is on your album you are that you know what I'm saying like if you Mary J. Blige is on your song with you you are that girl do you know what I'm saying? Like Mary J. Blige has a brand. She is a legacy. She's a an icon, just like Mariah Carey. Now people get, and they're both, they both are stylish as hell. They're both, they're both style icons. They are so similar. It's kind of uncanny. Even let's take it to the song choice. Song choices from the beginning. Let's take we can't count all of old mariah stuff let's let's take it all away to uh fantasy from then on that sample of old school even butterfly the roof the choice of that sample that shook one sample i don't think now don't get me wrong i don't think mariah carey would have done the exact same thing on that track masters track But that could have been a Mary J. Blige song. Do you know what I'm saying? They would have delivered it completely different. The delivery is different. But their intent, their feelings, their intimacy on a record, their believability are the exact same. Even their song choice. They pretty much shared the same collaborators for the longest time up until they worked together. When was that? On the Me, I Mariah Carey, the Elusive Shantos. CD, It's a Rap remix. I would have loved to hear them on an original song together. An original song together, but I could see how, how that, why that probably would not happen. <laughs> I think there are just some people who are just better off not working together all the time. But on It's a Rap, they even... That love that they have for each other, too, is sincere. You can tell that they both have so much, the utmost respect for each other the utmost respect for each other. But if you go back track for track, Mary would work with an, a producer and then Mariah would work with them. Trackmasters, they work with Mary J. Blige uh, forever. They had similar songs when you didn't have one song, Mary didn't fit one song and went to Mariah. You know, vice versa. Like it was, they were similar. Um, what's another, I think even Mariah... Even influenced Mary J. Blige in a couple of songs. Listen to um, the No More Drama album. I remember Flying Away. There's a song on there. That could have went to to Mariah Carey. Easy. She would have took it and did something different. They have two different voices. Again, this is not a conversation about vocal talent. We could be here all day, all night, talking about the difference between their vocals. But when they open their mouths, you believe them. Both of them, their track, their, their choices in type of sound. They, it's similar. So go listen to Fly Away, go into the No More Drama album. It almost sounds just like the record that Mariah Carey did at the same time. Um, even the, sing, the, the title track of the No More Drama album, which was produced by Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, who is a frequent collaborator of Mariah Carey's. And she was also on the video, but did you know that No More Drama, the song was dropped like literally the day of the September 11th attacks? I had no idea. I don't remember, I guess, cause so much was going on back then. And I was so little back then. Like I was probably like, what, two or so. I was like two or three, but I remember, (laughs) I remember that time and Mary, that was 2001. At that time, Mariah Mariah Carey was in the No More Drama video. Hello? Wake up, somebody. (laughs) Wake up. But even around that time, Mariah had just did Glitter. But the album following it was the Charm Bracelet album. The No More Drama album sounds very similar to Charm Bracelet. I think Mariah of course had the pomp and circumstance. She had to bring it more popular than she ever did. But even the samples, the work, the song choices, the song elements, they sing about the same exact things and the same styling. They work with the same people. They are the same bitch, almost. <laughs> They're pretty much almost the same record. It's just that their careers went a little bit differently, but they are both badass bitches who are releasing people on on and and freeing people's minds and their hearts and making songs bringing levity to situations dance for trend like they they're both these hip hop chicks you know what i'm saying like living these fabulous lives on on wax and in real life they both are kicking dudes out and 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 and, and putting their Louis Vuitton luggage on private jets and screaming about how there's going to be no more rain and and we can make it through the rain and no more drama. They are the same chicks. But I'm going to make a playlist to further my truth, to cement it for you, because I feel like you're probably still giving me the side eye. But once you get through this playlist, you're going to be like, okay, okay, okay. And it's going to be in a description, of, of course. You've got to hear it to believe it. I know you, I know you, I know you. You gotta hear it to believe it. But I'm I, I got you. I got you though. And, when, uh, and comment, I want you to tell me what you think about this. Let me know after you hear the playlist, after you do a little bit more research. I can't, I can't, I can lead you to water. I can't make you drink it. You know what I'm saying? But once you get there, you keep, you, you're looking at them physically in your mind. I hear it. I can hear it. I can hear it. You're looking at them physically. <laughs> You're looking at, you're thinking about the stark contrast Even if you think about it, even in the way they look are not that different <laughs> You're talking about a light skin and dark skin issue They are hip hop bitches Gold chains, blonde hair, big hoops These are the same bitch Anyway, let's go You, I'm, Listen to my playlist and share this Let somebody else bring you to the light Somebody else around you going to know what I'm talking about. Share this podcast, like, follow, subscribe, like I said earlier. Make sure they do the same because I need to hear you. Let me know what you think. Email me, show at gmail.com or show at CarmineDavis.com. Instagram me at, at Carmindavis or at Carmine Davis Show. Let me know what you think. Anyway, anyway, we are trucking to our next subject are you still with me? That Mary J. Blige and Mariah Carey probably just either blew your mind or you just blew me off. But either way, I'm blowing up. So whatever. So, <laughs> that, I'm telling you, I'm not, there's nobody like Mary J. Blige and there's nobody like Mariah Carey ever. They'll never be able to do it. But when you see the similarities in between them, you will. And the clear inspiration that Mary J. Blige has on Mariah Carey. And vice versa, you will never be able to unsee it. Anyway, I'm trying to open y'all up to a whole new world. Whatever. So let's keep it trucking. Keep trucking to our, always our last segment. And one of my favorite segments of the show. This is all my, seg- it's my show. It's all of it is my, I pick all of these. Like I get suggestions. And one of the suggestions, of course, came from Cosmopolitan.com. And today... Last, last two times were a little bit freaky. I had another freaky one coming down the pipeline, but I decided to keep it back onto the more of the relationship sector, which I think love and relationships and sex are the, I don't know how you have, I don't know how y'all live in one without the other, but maybe you're, you're um, saving yourself for marriage or a virgin. You're in, I don't know, you're saving. I was celibate for a whole like 11 months in 2017, I think. After, so I, mean, I can feel you. So let's talk about something that we all are curious about. And again, it's cosmopolitan.com. Shout out to cosmopolitan.com. Thank you so much. What the amount of time it took him to text back means. Stop having panic attacks, they might really be busy with work. okay, I want to mm, give my own input about this. I want to kind of let you know that I am one of two things. If I don't text you back immediately, and it's still, I'm a red person. I, I have red receipts. I keep my red receipts on all the time. I'm bout about it. I'm gang gang. If I keep my red receipts on. I'm not afraid of none of you motherfuckers. So if I read it, I'm going to reply. If you see that I read it and I didn't reply 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour, two hours, two days, two weeks, two months later. Don't, don't even bother me. Don't ask me about it again. Don't, <laughs> don't, I was not interested in it at all, but let's run them down, run them down, run them down. Okay. This is the 15 things that he could be doing from 15 guys. What it really means when he doesn't text you back. Okay. One, it really depends on what they're doing in the moment. The first guy says, I'll reply when I can. I'm usually in the middle of homework, sports. So any chance to respond is a good time. Two, could be a minute or two, could be never, just depends on my mood. Ooh, All right. Three, between 20 seconds and five days is when he'll reply. There are so many variables when it comes to texts. What I'm doing at that moment, am I even holding my phone? If not, where is it? Who texts? How important is their text? Do I need to find out something later and reply with that text? Will I forget to text them after I find out the answer since it's been a few hours already? All things considered, I try to answer as quickly as possible. So if I'm holding my phone and it's someone I actually don't mind talking to, my replies will be instant. I got to put my input. Whatever I asked you and you take, if you take longer than two or three days, like don't even worry about it. Like a work conversation That don't even take three or four days. If you go more than two or three days without texting me back, don't even worry about it. Don't even text back. Don't even worry about it. But let's keep it rolling. This is not about me. This is about us. Four, if the phone is in my hands, I'll answer almost right away, depending on the person. If not, then who knows when I'll reply. My life doesn't revolve around my phone. Mm. Five, somewhere between 10 seconds and 48 hours. Text can be, all right. Text communication: say to me, here's some information, a question that can wait until it's convenient for you to get it to it. If you need something right now, call me. I agree. Six, depends, depends. I don't always run around with my phone. Okay. And some people are really calculating and their response time depends on how they feel about the person. Seven, usually as soon as I can compose a good response, if I just start talking if I just started talking to a girl, I might wait 10 to 20 minutes so I don't seem eagerly. Mm. Eight, not immediately, not even close. It takes me a while, but in a relationship, usually pretty quick. Nine, if someone takes forever to respond to my texts for no reason, I'll wait exactly how long they take to respond to my texts. That's a little bit more about me. I'm the same way. Ten, if it's a friend, I reply immediately. If it's someone I'm dating or someone someone or something, I usually leave around 10 minutes between receiving the message and reading and answering. In my experience, if I always reply immediately when I receive a message, they lose interest because I come off as needy or something. Since I've learned to contain myself and almost always wait a few minutes before replying, the other person's interest doesn't fade nearly as quickly anymore. Not only when I'm in a relationship with someone do I reply immediately when I see it. I agree. 11, if someone I like, 30 seconds. If someone who usually spreads drama, well, I have a message I still haven't read because I don't care for them at all. Got it th- three days ago. <laughs> so you're basically being messy. And some people pretty much always text back right away. 12, I reply immediately while wit I? 13, I'm pretty fast about it when I notice. Around a minute, if I see hear my phone. If I'm in the shower, something like 15 or so minutes. If my phone is not near me, though, it might take upwards to a few hours. I have my phone 14. I have my phone on me at pretty much all times. So rarely more than five minutes and 15. Usually as soon as I notice it in my inbox. That's the kind of that's the kind of partner I need. Um the reason why this is interesting to me is because I last night I was getting my swerve on last night. I have been talking to this particular person who was not good for me, you know. But they they slow walk. It's been like six months. I've I felt like they wanted me for a very very long time, and I have been slow walking, slow walking that ass like slow walking, making. I don't like he's this person is a Leo, so I feel like and I'm a Capricorn, so I feel like we always kind of have to. I don't know. Leos are. Usually one or two things with me, they're off put by me, but they're usually intrigued by me. We're very, Leo's are very self-confident people. So we're probably used to people gravitating towards us. And I noticed that he was the type of person who on his socials and all that, sharing what um, people were saying about him and text messages talking about how thirsty they were. So I knew I was not at all replying or you know, I don't ever usually take the first step anyway, so I was waiting on that person. They finally broke down last night. We got it going, but in that process, I was getting a text message from um this guy that I was talking to on Tinder. When I say that motherfucker was annoying. he kept texting me back to back to back to back. Literally, I was after it was done, you know, I got a little little high or whatever. And I was watching, Ameri- you know, American Horror Story after an afterglow, just excited about what happened. And I, like I said, I had made that motherfucker wait for a little bit. So it was it was definitely worth the wait. And I really wasn't thinking about this particular person. But, you know, we weren't in a relationship or anything. It was kind of like a hookup, our first time hookup. And so I could text what I want. I looked down and the person that texted me one minute ago, three times, and was like, are you there? Sending me the memes and all this, that, and the third, and the gifts, what's going on? Are you not interested? Well, shit, we just matched under 30 minutes ago. You have blown me up. I don't even know anymore. <laughs> I don't even know. I don't know if you how the fuck would I know? Why would I literally, it's, it's at this time we were rocking for a little bit. So, um, at that time it has been like four o'clock at night in the morning, maybe, maybe three. Why the fuck are, why would I be texting you back, back to back, to back, to back, back to back? So I get this long diatribe, not even a long diatribe. It was broken up, which I tend to send broken up text messages usually because I'm just a little bit extra. But when I say there was like 20 pages like 20 messages back to back. Well, I guess you can't deal with the question was, are you not interested in a crazy bad bitch? And I said, no, like what the fuck nigga? Like, no, why would I want a crazy bad bitch? I'm fucking grown. I'm in my mid twenties, but, (laughs) but hmm, I'm in my mid twenties and no, I don't want anybody who considered himself a crazy bad bitch. Now this person was older than me. That's not sexy to me. You are over in your 30, late mid-30s and you consider yourself a crazy bad bitch. Who the fuck wants crazy... That's a red flag. And I'm at the point in my life where I see a, a consider and I hear all red flags. And I'm not ignoring them anymore. So I told him, no, I'm not interested in that. So I get these 20 long, like, little back-to-back messages. Well, it's a shame. We didn't even get a chance to share nudes or we didn't get a chance to do anything yet, but it is what it is. You, you know, you look so mean anyway, which I hear that all the time. People always tell me how mean I look, but people always come up and talk to me. It's the weirdest thing. Like I never not, like people always come up and try to talk to me or you know, they don't come up and like flirt. Like a lot of time I know for, like, I always tell my, my best friend, Sin, like I don't ever Get that They're always the ones that like message me later On like Tinder or something like that Like I saw you at the club and I wanted to But you look so mean or you know I didn't think how you would take it Even my ex was always like You never know what's going to come out of your mouth So people tend to not come at me that way But I don't think I look mean But if I look mean why why are you harassing me? Twenty. I left all that on red. Long story short, I was sat there and I lost just looked at all of it and I left it on red and regretted the fact that this psychopath is somewhere with my number. So I think instant text messages are kind of, especially when you're expecting someone to be. If I'm instantly texting you back, I'm just sitting here on my phone. I'm not doing anything. I'm chilling. So I don't expect an instant text back. But you better not. If I'm just sitting here chilling and I'm interested in your text messages. Any text message past, like, 20 minutes or anything like that, especially if it's a simple text message, don't even, don't bother. But, like, a minute behind each other, give me a motherfucking break. Don't be thirsty. I'm not all about the thirst. I hate thirsty-ass motherfuckers. I don't associate myself with thirsty bitches. Like, I don't do it at all. So, even, I'll even fuck the rhythm up. I'll be texting you back to back to back to back to back and just disappear. Like, you know, you you have to kind of, not games, but go get your ass up and do something else. If you are texting somebody back, you are that bored, you need to be doing something else. But if you're in a relationship, it's a little bit different. It becomes like a business thing, like, or a, communica- a form of communication. And I'm a phone person anyway. I prefer phone. Don't FaceTime me. I'm so image conscious, it would drive me crazy. I'm either in the dark or I'm right under my ring light with my skin glowing. <laughs> Like, I don't FaceTime. It's got to be a whole production or nothing at all. But a phone call, I'm so 90s about it. Like, I would sit on the phone. Anybody who knows me knows that I'm on the phone for hours at a time talking to anybody. And I'll, I'll call. You know, you can call me. But text messaging, I hate text messaging back and forth. Either way, just don't do it. Take your time. Don't be weird about text messages. When you see a text back, if you don't feel like it, don't but don't leave people that you're interested in on red or don't play those games. Now that's a little bit different or try to hold on. I don't want to seem thirsty. You are a bitch. If you, if that comes across your mind, you probably are thirsty for that motherfucker. So give it a heartbeat, go and brush your teeth or something, go get a snack and then come back and text them back. That's all it really takes. I think that's the sexy Nobody wants somebody to text them back. Boom, 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 boom. Yes, no, no, yes, yeah. LOL. What's your name? Blah blah blah. Where you from? What's your sign? Nobody really wants that. But what's your sign? You know, you see his message on your screen. You know, kind of go and get you some ice cream or something. Come back and then text him back. But don't take your ass somewhere and just dip on his ass because you want to be cute. That's not cute. But that's my show. We down another one. We down another one. We down another one. How are y'all feeling about the show so far? Y'all like it? I like that y'all like me. I appreciate that. Y'all should share me. Don't forget to like, subscribe if you're a new listener. Like, subscribe, follow the show, share it with your friends, share the wealth. I have some interesting shit going on. So share the wealth. I'm a, I'm a black creator. Share me. Throw a little shine on me. It's okay. It's cool. Thank y'all so much for listening. I love y'all. And y'all be safe out here, okay? I'll see y'all next week.